Hello, and welcome back to Color Journey, Jividan's most colorful podcast series. In each episode, we'll be taking you on a quest to find the perfect color from nature's palette. As we journey through the supply chain from agronomy and science and technology to market insights, you'll discover what's behind our clean label, high performance natural color solutions for creating delightful food experiences. On today's episode, we'll be talking about how biotechnology is transforming the world of natural color development. I have two guests joining me to talk about this fascinating topic. I'd like to welcome Raja Chuket, our category technical leader for Sense Color, and Marcus Kaufman, research investigator at Taste and Wellbeing Science and Technology. Hi, Raja. Nice to have you on the show. Hi, Eve. Thanks for having me. And hi, Marcus. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Eve. So to kick things off, Raja, could you tell me a little about how biotechnology relates to natural colors production? Why the term biotechnology might seem intimidating? It has been used by humankind since the advent of agriculture and ancient food manufacturing with things like wine or cheese making. Traditional biotechnology includes well-known agriculture techniques like we use with our MAUs red propagation and selective breeding methods to get desired features like more pigment concentration from the sources, better yield of crop, better resistance to drought, etc. Biotechnology also includes concepts like fermentation of fungi and cheese or cultivation of microalgae to obtain substances. It could be protein, polysaccharide, and also pigments And here, we truly believe that this concept is a great enabler to deliver vibrant colors with exciting opportunities to improve stability and performance using, for example, superhero microorganisms that grow in harsh conditions of temperature that could be salinity or acidity or heat, which can give um, colors with superior performance. I can take the example of our new acid-stable Eversur Blue coming soon to the market that is extracted from an extremophile microalgae called Galderia. And Galderia was originally isolated from hot and acidic springs. So interestingly, its blue phycocyanin has improved stability and acidity, which opens a great opportunity to have unique, vibrant, natural blue replacing the synthetic blue number one. Wow, thank you, Raja. And um, over to you, Marcus. Let's take a step back and talk a little bit about traditional biotechnology methods. How exactly would you define fermentation and what is biomass production? Fermentation is the most traditional method of biotechnology. Fermentation has been known for centuries. Their microbes are used to produce food products like yogurt, cheese, beer, wine, kimchi, or fermented bean paste. The term biomass production refers to maximizing a fermentation process to produce the organism itself in large quantities. This is practiced for other sectors, for producing starter cultures, for example, for bread or cheese. In our case, the biomass of a microalgae is produced to obtain the food colorant. By selecting the right conditions tailored for the microorganism, we can maximize the amount of biomass and the color molecules produced. Great. And Raja, would you be able to give us a practical example of this when it comes to natural colors? Yes, sure. Here I can add again the example of Calderia, where the original microalgae is grown in closed, safe and controlled fermenter. 
Cruise Media is acidic, which fits the natural optimum condition, allowing Gandiria to produce the right amount of the blue phycyne color. And what other types of colors can we obtain from fermentation or biomass production? As you heard, one example is blue. We have offered the blue color already to the market, a phycocyanin from spirulina, which is a cyanobacterium. Now there is a new acid-stable phycocyanin blue coming from Galderia and microalgae. Yellow-orange colors from fermentation are currently used as food coloring in the form of beta-carotenes. Beta-carotene is obtained from both a microscopic fungi or from fermentation of a microalgae. Red colors such as lycopene could also be obtained from fungal fermentation like Lachesilia trispora. In principle, there are many colors you can find in the world of microorganisms. In practice, the picture looks a bit more complicated since there is a long regulatory process for bringing a new food coloring to the market, which is critical to ensure safety. Moreover, the shade and the stability of the colorant is critical for success. Thanks, Marcus. Um, Roger, is there anything you'd like to add here? Thanks, of course. Long-term, potentially subcultural precision fermentation could lead to a major breakthrough um, in the industry. But technologies like that need to be carefully assessed for producing novel pigments that could complement the existing color palette. Right. Um, could you comment maybe on the advantages of biomass culture and fermentation technologies over more traditional agricultural methods? Fermentation is a key step towards sustainability since it offers a lot of control with production, like water and energy use and managing waste. Beyond this, we can benefit as well from the metabolic capabilities of some species to produce colors from renewable carbon sources. In addition, biotech offers an environmentally friendly and controlled process, avoiding any source of external contamination from insects, microbes, or fertilizers, or other. Then finally, biotechnology would be an excellent complement to the supply of botanical sources, which can have variations in supply due to weather or unpredictability from climate change. Wow, it sounds like um, biotech is definitely a key technology for imagining the future of natural colors. Marcus, from a technical perspective, what would be the advantages of using biotech? For sure, fermentation is more controlled, allowing full traceability. As Racha mentioned, you don't depend on weather or climate conditions and can produce basically anywhere in the world all year long. We are able to fine-tune the production and optimize the yield for a consistent quality of the product. You can adapt the growth conditions perfectly to the needs of the microorganism and there's no need to use pesticides, for example, in a bioreactor. We are already actively working in this area for color and flavor ingredients. For example, we have a sustainable natural grape-free flavor created using fermentation with no need for actual citrus raw material. Wow, that is pretty amazing. Um, let's bring the discussion back to Sense Color. Raja, what are you doing to involve biotechnology in natural colors production and what lies ahead? Sense Color made the first step in biotech with the new acid-stable blue from Ganderia, thanks to the collaboration with Fermontag. Beyond the blue, as mentioned before, natural microbial cell factories offer further exciting opportunities with new shades and improved performance. However, 
we should keep in mind that there are still a few challenges in producing colors from biotech, such as regulatory constraints, scaling of the fermentation with an required yield, etc. Precision fermentation is a promising pathway to deliver natural and affordable colors. Essence Color will continue to explore all opportunities from agronomy to biotechnology to fill market gaps with natural, vibrant, and stable colors. Wow, it sounds like there are many promising innovations to come. That's it for our show today. Thank you, Marcus and Raja, for your insights. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. Please join us again next time for another episode of Color Journey.